but I'm excited to be here this morning. Uh, the God is doing, he's doing so many wonderful things. Uh, and just the way he's working, not only in my life, but in this church and in this community and, and in this country. And, and God's doing something, guys. If you don't see it, you need to start looking for it because God is on the move and he's, he's doing things. I mean, his, his train is traveling around and if it's not working in your life, you need to jump on his train and let him guide you and be the conductor of your life because he's doing stuff and it's exciting. Um, but I want to start this morning with a word of prayer. So if you would, please bow with me. Gracious Heavenly Father, God, we're thankful to be in your house this morning, God. I, I'm thankful for everyone that's here. God, I pray that you would bless them and their families. God, I, I pray that you would just bless their today and their tomorrow if they're fortunate enough to get one. God, we know that all things are in you. God, we know that you sent your son to die for us. God, we'll forever be grateful for that. God, I know that you have a divine appointment with each and every person here this morning, God, that they're not here by mistake, God. They came here to seek you out, God, and you plucked them out of their ordinary lives to come spend time and fellowship with us and fellowship with you, God, and it's so sweet. God, I'm so thankful for this opportunity. God, and all the opportunities that you've given me and my family. God, I pray that people will recognize opportunity to serve you, God, that they would step up in any capacity to serve you. God, and realize what a blessing it is to serve. God, I'm so thankful for this community and this country that I live in that we can gather today to worship you freely, Lord, and I, I just pray that you be with the men and women that serve every day, Lord, protecting us, Lord, that you would put a hedge of protection around them, God, and, and we lift them up to you and, and special thanks for them and the things that they do. God, I pray now that you would open hearts and minds to what you would have for us for the next little bit, Lord, that we can be 100% all in here devoted to you and learning your word this morning, God, and, and truly opening our ears so that we can hear you in that still small voice, Lord, that we could slow down enough to just take time for you this morning. God, I'm so thankful for everything that you're doing, Lord, and everything that you've done and the things that you're going to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'm going to be in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 4 this morning. And I, I, honestly, I don't know why I'm here. I looked at several other things, and, and God kept pulling me back to this set of scripture, and it is important, just like all scripture is. Um, but for some reason, God put me here this morning. But I want to take some time that that song uh, really lines up with the things we talked about in Sunday school this morning and and the week I just spent in, in Kentucky, uh, <laughs> coal mining country out there in the mountains. And it's, it's the same as here, but it's just yet different. Um, he lives just outside a small town. Um, a little bit smaller than Gainesville, um, he, and he lives up a holler. I don't know if anybody's ever been out there, but he lives on the Kentucky-West Virginia line, and, and there's not a whole lot of flat places out there. There's a lot of hills, and so every little holler that's wide enough to stick a house, they put a house there, and normally not just one. They put like four or five, and so every little draw that goes up through there, there'll be houses up in. He lives in a little draw, and... Uh, there's four or five houses up through there, and, and there's a couple old men, and, and they take time for one another in the holler because they realize 
you know, that there's different elements that could wreak havoc and disaster in, in a moment's time. And so each hauler kind of takes care of itself and supports itself and they take time for each other and they visit one another and they check on each other. And I just thought how awesome it was that I got to sit on a couple different porches, including my brother's, and visit with his little neighborhood and how every day everybody took time and set aside to visit with one another. That's a special thing that we're missing out on today, guys. That is a special thing that we're not communing and, and fellowshipping with our brothers and sisters in Christ because life gets busy, and I know it gets busy. We've all got a lot of things going on, but we're missing out on some of the true blessings that God has for us in this earthly time that we get to spend down here, and that's our brothers and sisters in Christ. And I would strongly urge you that if, if God's been pulling on your heart to go visit somebody or go talk to somebody, tomorrow may be too late. I've experienced that in my lifetime. And I could assure you that that happened some time ago and the hurt still hasn't gone away from me missing an opportunity to talk to somebody. And I'll tell you how big of a blessing it is when you do follow through with the Lord. I was headed back from Kentucky and I was about 100 miles out of Paducah on the eastern side. And I got a phone call that somebody was uh, headed to St. Louis via airbag. And uh, I said, well, brother, man, I'm going to be praying for you guys. And I'm going to pray for him. And, and the Lord just wouldn't let it go. He just put it on my heart, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go. And so several miles down the road, I... I'm like, all right, I'm at least, I'm at least going to see how far away from St. Louis I am. I really just want to go home. I just want to go home. I want to see my family. I haven't seen them in four or five days, and, and I'm getting so close. And so I take the next exit, and I pull off on the side of the road, and I type in my GPS, St. Louis, Missouri, and I just happen to pull off on the fastest route to St. Louis, the exit that I had taken. And so I was like, all right, God, I'm going, you know. Um, but it was truly a blessing. I got to spend a little bit of time, and I got to, to pray with this gentleman, and I got to pray with this family, and it truly was a special blessing. And it's just those things, when we're obedient to what God would have for us, there's a special blessing in it for you. Doing God's work is a blessing in itself. It truly is. You have the opportunity through the power of Jesus Christ to change people's forever. I don't know if you know what that's like, but when people poured into me before I was saved, they had an opportunity to pour into my forever. And when I talk about forever, I'm talking about forever, ever, not just like forever here, but like eternity. And so whenever we have these opportunities that God's calling on us to do something, it's important that we do it. Because doing God's work, is there's just nothing sweeter. And it's at any capacity. If, if God's calling you to hold the door at church, or if, if God's calling you to, to, to drive a van route or to teach a class or, or just stand in the back and shake people's hands, there'll be no better reward than to do God's work. I can assure you. But anyway, I'm going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 1. It says, let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ 
and stewards of the mystery of God. Paul's talking about his reputation. And he's talking about the importance of doing enough of God's work that people realize what you stand for without saying anything. People knew who Paul was before he got there. People also knew who Saul was before he got there. So we have to remember the perspective change that Paul had because before he was Paul, he persecuted and killed a lot of Christians and took them into captive. And people knew who he was because of what he did. And then when he converted, when, when Jesus met him that day and when God changed his life forever, he was converted and now people knew who he is because of the works he had done. So he's talking about having the reverence of people understanding what you stand for when you walk into a place. If you walk into a place, say I go into Antlers to pick up a pizza, do people in there know what I stand for? Would people seeing me walk in there saying that he's just a drunkard and he's going in there to get more alcohol? Or would they have the thought of, he must be there to get pizza because I know he doesn't drink. That's important to know and for people to know what you stand for and where you stand on certain topics. Are you living a life that proves what God would have for you? Are you living a life that people would automatically assume good versus assuming evil? As I said and reflect, I didn't used to be that person before I started Saying yes to God, I wasn't a person where people would be like, he's definitely going in there to get pizza because he doesn't drink. It was probably quite the opposite because I used to drink a lot. And people would probably say he's going in there to get alcohol versus going in there to get pizza. But when we start saying yes to God, our lives can change through the power of Christ. We can become saved in a new creation, he says. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. How faithful are we? How faithful are we? I believe that goes back to the verse, the verse 1. How faithful are we in our walk? How faithful are we about being stewards of God's word? How faithful are we about having conversations with people? How faithful are we to do God's work? He kind of backs up a little bit in verse 3. He says, but with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yet I judge not my own self. For I know nothing by myself, yet I am not hereby justified. But he that judgeth me is the Lord. He's saying, although I think it's important for what people to know what I stand for, and to know that I'm here to do God's work. And to know that I stand for righteousness, for, for trueness. I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to listen to a bunch of gossip. And you're not going to catch me drinking. And you're not going to catch me doing drugs because I choose God in every way that I can. But he's saying not to be judged of men. Your account holds little authority because I have to answer to God. God is going to judge me. So although it is important to have a good rapport with men, it is more important to have a good rapport with God. 
says in verse 5, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring light, will bring to light the hidden things of darkness, and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God. There was a couple things in verse 5 that stuck out to me. The first thing he says, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come. That brought hope to my eyes. He showed me hope in that and the fact that it's not too late until the Lord comes. Everybody has a chance until the Lord gets here. Or until you go to meet the Lord, everybody's got a chance. So we can't be giving up on people just because of what we think they stand for and what we think they're about. We've got to be having conversations with anybody and everybody all the time about what is good and what is right and what is just. And we have to tell them about Jesus Christ and how he can make you a new creation. Because everybody's got a chance. He didn't die on the cross for some. He died on the cross for everybody, that everybody might accept salvation through him. So when we talk about doing these things, I see a lot of hope in the first part of verse 5. It says, therefore judge nothing before the time. Until the Lord come. Because He's the judge. Not you. You're supposed to put it out there. You're supposed to tell people about the good news. You're supposed to be forgiving. It's exciting, guys. This is exciting stuff because that means the lost still have time. The lost still have time. God's still recruiting people. Jesus Christ is still in the saving business. It's not over yet. I preached out of Psalms 118 last night at Romance. And in Psalms 118, it's like four or five times in that, it says God's mercies endure forever. And it's not limited to the people sitting in this building today. It covers the whole world. His mercies are there for whoever wants them. We have to make decisions for Christ to obtain His mercies. And we have time. And when I say we have time, I'm saying God hasn't come, Jesus hasn't come back yet. Brother Bruce used to say, do I know when the end of time is coming? Nope. But I know we're 24 hours closer today than we were yesterday. It's coming, guys. It's coming. We may not make it home today, but you can know where you're going, and you can rest assured that your family knows where you're going. And that's exciting things because we're going to trade this ragged old body that we've been wearing down for years, and we're going to get a crown of righteousness, and we're going to be made new in His glory. Amen? What a glorious day that will be. Also, after that it says, Who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts and then shall every man have praise of God. It's time to get rid of these hidden things, these small little devices that we have in our lives. These hidden distractions 
if you will, this hidden sin, the stuff we bury down. We don't tell anybody because it's dirty and it's shameful and we hide it in the, the deepest, darkest corners of our hearts. Guys, it's still there. And when God comes, he's going to examine your whole heart. He knows all of it. He doesn't know part of it. You're not hiding anything. We as a church may not know about it, but God knows about it. We're not your judge. God is. It's time to bring these dark, desolate things that's dividing our relationship with God and it's time to shed some light on it because darkness isn't a thing. It's just the absence of light. Darkness can't be when there's light present. Guys, it's time to get rid of these wedges. It's time to get rid of these voids. It's time to get rid of these hollow spots. Let God consume you in everything. Let God consume you in everything, every thought, every action, every purchase, every time spent talking with neighbors and family and friends. The time's coming, guys. We're not promised forever. We may have today. I had a guy tell me one time, he said, you know, it's great that at a funeral... People will have funny stories about your life, and there's plenty of funny stories out there about me. A lot of us have seen the video on the internet. I'm sure that will be brought up at my funeral. He said, it's great for everybody to have good memories of you, and it's great for everybody to be able to get up and share funny stories about you. But he said, is there anybody that's going to get up at your funeral and say, this man changed my life? This man sowed into me the things that were important. This man told me about things that were eternal. And when he told me that and I accepted Christ, this man helped change my life. Funny stories are great, but testimonies of witness, of telling of God, and of sharing of the gospel, these things will change people's lives. A funny story is great, but are you changing lives? Are you changing lives? What are we doing that's so important that we can't take some time to visit with somebody about what Jesus did for me? How do I get so busy trying to make a dollar that I can't stop and slow down and help somebody pick up something that they dropped and give them a smile and give them a have a nice day? How did we become a world that's so busy? We talked about it this morning about the garage door. And how people don't know their neighbors. And how in these city blocks that people don't know the person that lives 15 feet away from them. Because they get off work, they pull in their driveway, they open their garage door, they shut their garage door, they go in the house, and they never see anybody. Some of these houses sit so close together that you couldn't even run a good clothesline in between them. At least with my size of clothes, you'd only get like a shirt or two. But it breaks my heart because you don't know where that person's at. That person that you could reach out your window and give a high five to that lives next to you, you don't know where they're at. They could be dying. They could be in deep depression. They could be suffering from addiction. You don't know because you haven't taken the time to know. You could be a beneficial influence on their life, but you're not taking the time to see if you can be of service. They may be beneficial for you. I thought for a long time, I worked at Miller Coors and was a sales rep down there. 
And when I finally got to the point of realizing, God, why am I here? Why am I working here? And it doesn't matter because, God, what are you going to do? How are you going to use me in this situation that I want out of so bad? But I said, God, you've got me here for a reason, and you're not releasing me here for a reason. Let's put the pedal to the metal. Let's do this thing while I'm here. And I met a brother in Christ that had been a minister for 20-plus years. And I realized that I wasn't there for other people. I mean, I probably was, but that wasn't solely the purpose. I thought, God, you can use me. I go into these bars and I go into these liquor stores and I can talk to people and I can spread your light. God, just work through me. Use me. But I was thinking about what I could do for them and I never thought about people I might meet that might be beneficial for me. That opened up a big door of opportunity and a, a strong, strong brother in Christ that I call when I need prayer for something because I know he is a warrior and he will go to battle for me. Do you have those kinds of people in your life? If I hadn't taken the time at the front door of Walmart to say hi to him, I never would have known what he was all about. God appointed our time, and we both listened because we were both following what God had for us. And our relationship was knitted so strong in Christ that we were telling each other the deepest, darkest parts of our secrets on the second day that we had met. And we were praying with one another back in the beer aisle at Walmart, and people were passing by, and I'm sure they were like, what is happening here? And we said, it's fellowship in Christ. You can join if you want to. Amen? It doesn't matter where God calls you to. It doesn't matter what God calls you to do. Our part is being obedient and listening for what He has for us. It doesn't matter when. It doesn't matter where. All matters is are you being obedient to what God would have for you? And that goes along with your salvation. Are you feeling the drawing today? I can tell you, I put off being baptized for three years God was calling me to be baptized son you need to get baptized son you need to get baptized I'll do it and I created this perfect scenario where I had to have the right people there and the the weather had to be just perfect and I wanted to do it in a certain spot and it had to be a certain time and I made a perfect scenario so it could never happen in my mind and Mr. P preached to me it felt like I was the only one in the crowd that day And he said, I don't know what's on everybody's heart today, but he said, I can tell you that Satan is a liar. And he will tell you that you always have tomorrow. There are always going to be time. He's like, but I can tell you that Satan is a liar and that there's not always going to be time. At some day you will draw your last breath and it's too late. One of these days Jesus is coming back and he's coming back for his children. Are you going to be one of them? I put it up far too long and, and got lucky that God wanted me to be around for something, that I had extra time to say yes, but not everybody has that opportunity. That's why today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. Today is important. Why? Because God made it. Today is important. Why are you here today? Because God put you here today. Today is important because God is in it. God is around it. God is through it. 
Today is the day. Verse 7. For who maketh thee to differ from another? Sorry, I'm going to back up to verse 6. And these things, brethren, I have in a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sakes, that you might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written, that no one of you be puffed up for one against another. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And who hast thou that thou didn't not receive now if those didn't receive why dost thou glory as if they hadn't received it it's a little tongue twister there I got through it barely but what he's saying is is God gives us everything that way no man can boast about anything if we could earn our salvation us as prideful people would be like look what I did yeah I've got it happening in But the fact that it's a free gift because God sent his son to die on the cross that we may receive it takes it out of our hands. We have to accept the gifts that God has given us. And I believe that that goes with anything. That goes with cars, money, houses, jobs, family members. God gives us everything. And we have to realize that these things are all gifts and gifts that can be taken away at any moment. So while you've got it, use it to glorify God's name. Amen? You don't have to have a lot to glorify God. I don't have a good voice like the people that were standing up here singing. But they're using the gifts that God gave them to glorify His name. I can do other things because my skill set doesn't stand with music. I have no talent whatsoever. But I've realized that and I've moved on to find out what God has given me the gift of. And as my kids would say, it's chat, 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 chat. But everybody has a God-given gift. It's a matter of taking time to find it and to praying for it and asking God to show you how to use it and where to use it. We don't have to know the why. The why is because you want to glorify God with the gifts that he has given you. There's been a couple things in my life that I have no clue as to why I did. But I felt God was leading me to it, and I did it. Did it make a difference? I'm sure, because God doesn't do things for naught. Everything has a purpose. Everything has a reason. He doesn't waste time. And so because God's given you today, he says, be joyous and be glad in it because I gave it to you. It's a gift. That's why it's called the present. It's a gift. Today is a gift. Are we treating today like a gift? Are we taking this time to to mend fences with broken families or relationships or or friendships? Are we taking the time to meet neighbors that just moved in or, or that you haven't met yet? Are we taking time to have the conversation with friends that we haven't seen in a while? One of the hardest realizations I ever had that one of my best friends, that I would consider one of my best friends, we went through a Bible study together at our home. And on the very last meet, he told me this was for me. I didn't realize how much I needed this, but I was on the verge of depression and my life was spiraling out of control and I was about to lose it. This was my best friend. I hadn't taken time to talk to him. I had no clue what kind of friend am I. A busy one that doesn't have time for his friends. 
That isn't the kind of friend I want to be. That isn't the kind of son to my God that I want to be. God, I want to get to know you. God, I want to spend time with you. God, I want to be used by you. God, I want to know what your word says. We have to start taking time. We have to take time for God first. We have to take time for people second. It's almost like those are the commandments. I don't know. Read it. Find the commandments and read it. We have to start taking time for these important things. Verse 8. Now you are full, now you are rich. You have reigned as kings without us. And I would to God you did, these, did reign, that we also might reign with you. For I think that God has set forth us, the apostles last, as it were appointed to death, for we are made a spectacle unto the world. And to angels and to men. I like this part. Verse 10, it says, We are fools for Christ's sake, but ye are wise in Christ. We are weak, but ye are strong. Ye are honorable, but we are despised. Even into this present hour, we both hunger and thirst and are naked and are buffeted and have no certain dwelling place. And our labor Working with our own hands, being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we suffer it. Being defamed, we entreat. We are made as the filth of the world and are the offscoring of all things unto this day. I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. I love that first part. I love that first part. He says, we are fools for Christ's sakes. For Christ's sake. What does that mean? It means that the people that don't get it, don't get it. You can't blame somebody for something that they don't know. But when you act out what people would deem as irrationally or extreme. Extremist has become a bad term. Extremist, according to God, should be a good thing. When we act out. And do things according to faith, not knowing why we're doing it, but knowing we're doing it because God has called us to do it, is going to seem crazy to people. I don't know how many people, when I got uh, decided that I was going to pastor this church, nothing against this church, and you don't know how many people told me that I was crazy just for becoming a pastor. They're like, you have no clue what you're getting into. I'm like, I really don't. <laughs> but I knew that's where God was calling to me to be. And we have to understand that if God is calling you to something, he's going to equip you to get you through it. He's going to give you the tools that you need. The path has already been prepared for you. All you have to do is walk down it. And God is not only going to prepare the way, he's going to walk beside you the whole way. He's not going to bring you to something just to let you sink or drown. He's going to bring you to it. He's going to let you work on it. He's going to show you some things. He maybe might break you down in the instant, but he's going to rebuild you stronger, and you're going to be better, and your faith might grow a little. Heaven forbid that we step out on faith, and our faith grows a little bit. I mean, who does that anymore? We all should be doing that. All of us, we should be walking in a way that we're stepping out in faith and we're allowing God to guide us down these paths, not a living according to our own will, but to God's will. 
I never dreamed that day I got baptized what a big go button I was pushing. I never, never envisioned where God would take me. On my way home from my brothers, I never envisioned that I would end up in St. Louis. But after I turned and, and what did you call it, GPS, Kenny, what did you call it? God's time. Anyway, we come up with a cool new slang term for GPS. When we remember, we'll bring it back. Um, we'll table that until the next meeting. But whenever we allow God to guide us, it, it doesn't get as shocking anymore because I just called my wife and I was headed north already. I said, change your plans. She's like, where are you going? I was like, St. Louis. She's like, okay. I mean, it is exciting. You can't say living a life for God is not exciting. I was headed home. I traveled four hours out of my way to, to go see a man that I don't really know, to be honest with you. But God puts things on your heart, and he sets people in your path for a reason. My brother in Christ, he said on my path that I could meet, that he might strengthen me, that he could use him to affect my life and further his kingdom. And that's what we have to remember. Whenever we make decisions to follow God and to do God's work, we're not doing work to benefit us. We're doing work to benefit his kingdom because he's called us to it, and he's going to help us through it. Amen? There's work to be done, and I believe that the time is coming soon. There's people lost that have never heard about Jesus Christ. That ought to hurt everybody sitting in here that's accepted Christ as Savior. That should hurt everybody in here. We've got to start taking time to listen to what God has for us. And yes, people are going to scorn us, and they're going to call us crazy. And, and why are you doing that? But guess what? That just opens up a window for you to witness to them about what Christ is doing in your life. Everything is an opportunity when you start looking for God in everything. It all becomes opportunity. And guess what? That puts purpose on your life. And everybody has purpose. God has a purpose for everybody. Don't ever feel so alone and so ashamed that you feel like you're, you're out on a limb and, and Satan's sitting over there with a saw cutting it off. Because guess what? You're not going to be sitting there by yourself. Jesus is going to be sitting right there with you. And he's going to be holding your hand and he's going to tell you that it's all right. Because he's with you in everything. But we have to start taking time to seek God in everything. And guess what? You'll start seeing God in everything. Because this world wants to distract us and, and get us distracted from looking for God. Take time. Take time. I'm going to open up the altars today. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior today, right now, this church, this body of believers is taking time. And we will be here with you as you accept Jesus Christ. Will you please stand? Now is the time. There might not be a tomorrow. Lily's song was so impactful that there might not be a tomorrow. There might not be a this evening. We don't know. Now is the time. Say yes to God. And if there isn't a tomorrow, know that you've got an eternity that's worth living for. Take time. If you need God's power and strength to forgive, today is the day of forgiveness. 
today is the day of forgiveness. We can forgive those past things and we can start all over again. We can forgive ourselves because sometimes the biggest obstacle to overcome is us. I can assure you that the first step is the hardest. Step out today. Say yes to God today. Allow Him to start working in your life. Allow Him to have control of your life. It all starts with saying, God, I know, I know that I'm a sinner. God, I know that I'm a sinner. God, I know that you sent your son to die on the cross for me because I am inadequate in everything that I do and I can never do enough to reach eternity with you. So God, today I take your son and I accept him in my heart and I give my life to him as he gave his life for me to know that I serve a resurrected and a living Savior. How sweet it is that today can be that day to know that you're not praying alone, that every church across this country is opening up the altars, that they're all praying for you, that they're praying for salvations today, that lives would be changed this hour and be different for eternity. Get rid of that weight. Stop holding it around. The altars are open. God said, come to me as little children. Not with hardened hearts. Not with pride or prejudice. But come to me and I'll receive you with open arms. I'm so thankful for God's promises. And I'm, I'm thankful for everybody that, that came today. Um, we've got some announcements. Man, we're, God is exploding our kids program. Man, it's, it's awesome. It is so awesome what God is doing. Uh, we had how many kids last Wednesday? We had 26 kids last Wednesday. It started with five, six, seven, maybe, three or four short months ago. Um, God is, is providing the children, um, and I, I have no doubts, me and my wife and, and a lot of other people have been praying um, for teachers, for bus drivers, for people for meals. God is, is not going to send us kids without sending us people. So if God is calling you to serve in any capacity with children or even to just come, we're doing adult, an adult Bible study on Wednesday night too. God is doing things. He's doing big things. These are, this is changing people's lives. Since BBS here just a little while ago, we've baptized nine people. God is doing awesome things. We had three salvations from BBS. Amen. Three lives changed forever. This is something that we should get excited about. These are things that we should be telling people about. I know these kids are not holding back. They're telling people. They're excited because they don't care what people think about their excitement. They know they're excited and on fire for God. And that's where they want to be. So that's where they are. It's how we need to be as adults, just excited about what's going on. So if you have a pooling that you want to help with kids in any capacity on Wednesday nights, or if you just want to be involved more, come see me at Misty, Annette, Julie, Brian Kelly, anybody, and we'll get you sent in the right direction at least. 
because I, you know how it goes, you don't control everything, the women, yeah, they got it, so anyway, we've got a great group of kids, we've got a great group of teachers, but we're needing more so that we can pour into these kids' lives, because we can't just talk about change anymore, it's time for us as Christians to be the change, we can't just wait around for somebody else, we'll do it, it's time for us to do it. I don't know about you, but I don't just want anybody teaching my kids. I want to teach my kids the things that I want them to know. But I am confident in this group of people here in what they're feeding my kids. And they're feeding my kids the word of God, and that's the best thing that they're ever going to be fed. So come join us on, on Wednesday nights. Also come join us tonight. We have Fifth Sunday movie night. Um, what is the movie? Remember the goal? Okay. Remember, the goal starts at 5. We're going to have popcorn and drinks. Um, bring a friend. Bring your family. Come back at 5. It's a great time um, to fellowship and, and watch a good movie. Kelly, do you have... Are we meeting today? Yeah, 20. Yep, we're going to have at least 20 people to work at Fall Festival. What Fall Festival is, is a replacement for... Halloween that the community we open up the doors and we serve food and we play games and if I don't know there's a lot of singers here now so maybe we might even get together and sing a little bit who knows we might get crazy um, I know that they have served up to 350 or 400 people before so it takes a group of people to be able to do this so if you're interested in helping put that on um, fellowship hall is right down the stairs or ramp hang a left before you go outside you will go outside you need to turn around come back in and it's in the fellowship hall. Um, but we're just trying to see how many people we've got to help that we can even put this thing on or not. Also, another praise, next Sunday, next Sunday evening service, we're going to have a baptism service. Amen. <laughs> Michaela has decided that she wants to be baptized, so we will have regular Bible study. And then our Sunday evening service will be a baptismal service. Um, so come and join and see what God's doing. I'm, I'm telling you, God is moving. God is moving in amazing ways, and it's time to get on board, man. He's doing stuff, and it's, it's crazy awesome. Um, I get so excited about it. Um, is there any other? Yeah, I've got it. I was just going to wait till the end. That's my big, that's my fireworks show. Okay, so the Newsboys are coming to West Plains Civic Center October 17th. That is a Thursday night. If you don't know who the Newsboys are, Anita, you got video? She's going to play a video of the Newsboys.
surely alive. He's living.